reached the Entertainment Hotline, a chatter podcast. Listen as celebs dial in to chat with Anita Annabelle. Chatter.com.au and Media Week's Head of Entertainment. Dial 1 for movie stars. Dial 2 for streaming stars. Dial 3 for TV stars. Dial 4 for music stars. Or press 0 to speak with the star of the show herself, Anita. Hi, it's Kate and you are Madeline from Deadlock on Prime Video. Video, video, Prime Video. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Entertainment Hotline podcast. I am your host, Anita, Head of Entertainment at Media Week and Chatter. Well, no one does a feminist noir murder mystery comedy series better than Prime Video's deadlock creators, Kate McLennan and Kate McCartney. And for the two leads of The Who Done It, Madeline Sammy and Kate Box, being a part of this groundbreaking series was extraordinary. Season one follows the once sleepy seaside Tasmanian town of Deadlock, which is left reeling when a local man turns up dead on the beach. Two female detectives are thrown together to solve the case. Fastidious local senior sergeant Dulcie Collins, played by Kate, and a rough as guts blow-in from Darwin, senior investigator Eddie Redcliffe, played by Madeline, along with their junior constable, Abby. As the town prepares to launch the annual arts, food and cultural event, Winter Festival, the trio have to put their differences aside and work together to find the killer. In today's episode, I chatted with Madeline and Kate about their new roles and they gave some amazing advice to their younger selves we can all learn from. Deadlock is now streaming on Prime Video. Here's Madeline Sammy and Kate Box. Guys, don't worry that you were a few minutes late. I was actually just looking at dog videos. Ah, uh, uh, perfect. Yeah, perfect. That, was, that was my fault. I was, I was twiddling my thumbs in my hotel yeah. room, not yeah. knowing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, all of a sudden, out of the corner of my eye, I saw that you guys had connected and there was like this dog with its paws like in the bath and it wouldn't go in and then it put one little paw in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. You can while away the hours watching those uh-huh. videos. Right. I really wasted time. Anyway, I'm so excited to talk to you guys. Oh, deadlock. I am so <laughs> obsessed. It is so funny. Yes. So funny. Oh, great. Yeah. That's great. That's love great. It. So exciting. Love, love, love. So it's so hilarious. It's so captivating. I mean, for anyone who hasn't don't doesn't know much about it yet, can you please just give us the cliff notes on what you both think it's about? It's set in a small seaside town in Tassie, fictional town at the time of this amazing kind of festival. Um, and there's murder. Murder. I love it. And, um, yeah, and it basically brings together, it kind of shakes this very small town and then brings together a very kind of straight uptight cop and a, and a fucking wild cowboy right. cop. <laughs> cowboy to top kind of solve this mystery together. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's very dark. It's yes. very funny. Um, it's a real whodunit, but it's kind of a genre that is, uh, the crime genre is kind of flipped on its yeah. head. And, um, yeah, it's the tone of it is incredibly unique and like nothing I've ever worked on before or I think really ever seen before. The way that it tight ropes between, you know, laugh out loud and, oh, my God, what's around that corner is pretty thrilling. But it's so, like like you said, like it's really dark and that's what really shocked me, I think, because 
there is such a dark element to it, but it's so, so, so funny, so clever. And I don't think I've seen anything like this either. So you're not wrong in saying that. But the Kate, the Kates, I'm going to call them the Kates, McCartney and McLennan wrote this show. Like, what was it like working with them and bringing their vision to life? Um, amazing. I mean, they're such talented writers and uh, they always like to come at things with an interesting, you know, unique point of view. And I think that's what sets them apart from a lot of other people. They subvert a lot of things in a very funny and a very political um, way. And so I think, like, for me, what's always drawn me to their work is that ability to kind of make something equally dark and funny at the same time because that's like a sweet spot for me personally. I love to watch things that are able to kind of – push me and pull me around in different directions and like, um, you know, make me think and laugh at the same time. And so I think, you know, any opportunity, like this is such a massive, um, massive show for them and uh, to create a kind of big, you know, I mean, it's not, I was going to say stream, streamer show, mm-hmm. not I was going to say network, but that's not what we say. Yeah. What have I got? No, no, no. I no. thought you were like, you've got something. Do you have something? Okay. You just totally like, looked at me no. like, do I have something? No, we just, no. we just, Looking at my mouth. I was just touching my face. <laughs> anyway, I lost my train of thought. But it is, yeah, I think um, you you always know they're going to do something really funny and interesting. And so to get on board is like yeah. it's a no-brainer really. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that they just, they have this capacity to turn what we have digested into the norm um, as something that you then kind of vomit up and go, hang on, that's not right, <laughs> you know, like I think I think we kind of, we, we look at things in a very different way and it makes you reflect on what we have accepted as kind of common culture or common politics and you just mm-hmm. go, that's shit, that's absolute bullshit. And so I think they're kind of, their subversion of the narrative, not just in the genre of crime but also in kind of our political landscape in Australia is quite magnificent. Mm. Totally. And it's also the fact that it's two female cops who lead. Yeah. Yeah. How often do we get to see that? Right? Yeah. Not really yeah. ever. It's, yeah. I mean, you know, once in a blue moon, but it's so fabulous to see your characters in particular, Dulcie and Eddie. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. So these characters that you have, I want to start with you, Kate, talking about Dulcie because she, to me, is like the only normal person. <laughs> fair. That's fair. Fair comment. Yeah. She's got some shit to deal with. But, yeah, I mean, I think because of how dark the series gets and how, um, yes, so many of the communities that kind of come in and out of this incredibly dark story, you have to treat, so we, you know, so much of it needs to be treated with, uh, integrity and respect and kind of honour the the terror that's in these people's lives. And so you need a Dulcie to hold the the um hold the seriousness and the backbone of of that uh, of the intensity of the crime drama within it and the integrity of the crime drama within it. And I think as we go on further and further through the series, um that element of seriousness kind of seeps in to all of the other characters as it should. I mean, the Kates are kind of phenomenal at giving us the the deep weight when we need it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Dulcie begins being the kind of main anchor 
for that weight. I yeah, think. I think yeah. Dulcie kind of grounds it. Like I always think of Dulcie as like the fulcrum, and then every all the chaos is like just circling around you, and you're just like kind of grounding the thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Standing yeah. there with one facial expression the entire time. Well, in the episodes that I've seen, like very yeah. just very serious, very, and like the chaos that is happening around her is these characters this ensemble of characters which i want to touch on in a second it's just wild to me and probably what small town life is like to be honest yeah 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 um and mads can i call you mads yeah yeah cool we're friends now mads. <laughs> um it, your character of eddie comes in hot yeah firstly firstly kate i don't know how you didn't lose yourself every time she walked on screen <laughs> I did quite a lot, yeah. And then I just got like, I just got over it, you know, just over it. I was like, I'm done. That we've already gone into overtime. Like, we've got to like call it at some point. Someone yes, there is so in. much fucking funny in you, but enough. <laughs> I go home to my kids. <laughs> I want to really done. <laughs> so, Mads, what was it like playing Eddie? Because Eddie is the most wildly, for anyone who hasn't seen this yet, well, uh, it is Eddie is wild. Eddie is Eddie is Eddie. I don't even know how to explain how who Eddie is. It's hilarious. Yeah. Um, it was so much fun. I mean, obviously to just kind of be put on a very long leash and allowed to kind of basically allowed, encouraged to bring as much kind of chaos. And um, I mean, I feel like really early on in the process, we had like one rehearsal with Ben Chessel, our setup director, where we just kind of went through a scene and and it was literally like Kate being still and talking and me just kind of bounding around about it when I was like, yeah. oh, that's the energy of, yeah. of these two yeah. um, characters. But, yeah, I mean, I think it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of – it took a lot out of me. Like I don't think – I don't think – I think, you know, we spent five and a half months or whatever in, um, in Lutruita, you know, making the show. And I, you know, I mean, there's, you're spending more time – in the day as the character and Eddie is a very you know she's very tense she's very fiery she's very aggressive you know there's a lot of tension in my body when I play that character and I mm. don't think I realized till I got home which is like, different to restraint tension and restraint very different yeah oh, okay similar yeah. similar similarly <laughs> exhausting probably but like yeah I got home to New Zealand and it took me like a good couple of months to kind of remember who I was and like let go <laughs> of all of that tension yeah do you see any of yourself in Eddie? You're both hot. You're both really hot. Oh, you're both hot. Um, yeah. uh, you both have great feet. Yours are clean. I like pies. Yeah, you like, I like pies. pies. Oh, there's a lot of pie eating in very inappropriate places. Yep. A lot of pie eating. I, I honestly could not look at pies for months after the shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I don't I don't think there's a lot of Eddie in me, but obviously there's like part of me that there's can enough. access <laughs> that energy. So, yeah, I'd like to say there isn't, but there probably is. Probably from the outer, people are like, "Oh yeah, that's Mads a little bit, just a little yeah, bit." I mean, but there are, yeah. of, there are a lot of people inside of me. Um, only <laughs> one, but um, does you sound- just met one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what about you, Kate, with Dulcie? I mean, very straight laced, very responsible, very serious. We keep saying, but what did you kind of bring from yourself to her? I mean, I think it's, I think Dulcie's internal life is so um, massive and kind of, there's a lot going on there for Dulcie the that she eyes. can't express. And so I think that 
that level of restraint that I've had to have in my life in certain areas of my life where I've just wanted to shout, you know, <laughs> yourself. Yeah. But you can't because it's inappropriate. I think that kind of binding of your desire to just like turn the table up, particularly when you get a force in your life like Eddie and you mm. just you know, like meet them at their level and kind of wrestle them to the ground and you have to go, no, because that's not protocol. So I think, yeah, that element of of having to shut up when you don't want to, that's been in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And yeah. your and having your wife Alicia Gardner. She's so magnificent. Hey? Isn't she magnificent? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that wrestle between kind of, I mean, she's so at home in this small town. She's kind of in everybody's business and she's all the things that Dulcie can't be because Dulcie has to maintain a certain sense of, well, a certain amount of privacy and a certain amount of decorum. You know, one minute she, you know, she can't get too close to anyone really because she might be booking them the next week, you know. And so it's a real wrestle between the um, wanting to integrate yourself within the, the community activities of this small town and needing to hold yourself back and um yeah Kath is kind of really pushing her very firmly from behind into the into the community and saying join in love and it's yeah it hurts Dulcie I think (laughs) and it's it's so great seeing I mean I love the the choir scenes I mean they're just (laughs) heaven heaven She's yeah. got to get her last orgasm in. Like, that is just hilarious to me. I know people probably haven't seen this yet and they're listening and yeah. they have no idea what we're talking about. But when you see it, you'll know exactly what I'm talking yeah. about. There yeah. is a, there's a choir and there's orgasms. Yeah. I think what's great about the show is that it's like no one is safe. Like, no. it takes the piss out of, like, wokeness. It takes the piss out of bogans. It takes the piss out of cops. It takes, yeah. a, you know, like, it, no one is safe. Uh, lesbians. Lesbians. Yeah. Like, and in such a clever way, like we've touched on before. Like, it's just so clever. It's not like it's just like crude here and we're taking the piss out of this. Where this is like clever, clever, clever comedy. I think clever. Also, they're present. Like you could take the, you know, take the piss out of a lesbian as long as there's a lesbian and, you know, like as long as we're room. present, you know, yeah. and you kind of got the top four, like, you know, the first four people on the cast list are all queer and it's like we can be we can be really funny and yeah, gross and fun shit about stuff. this, but we're in the room, you know, yeah. and so that's the big difference. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was going to touch on this later, but actually I would like to talk about it since you've just brought it up. I mean, how important is it to have representation? The representation in this show is quite phenomenal. There is there's representation of everyone, really. How important is it for you to have that kind of representation on screen? Crucial. Yes. It's like, you know, I think uh, it's funny even when you say the sentence, I suppose, how important is representation? It just feels like such a mad sentence to say yeah it's it? like the answer it feels is like never been a time you know, yeah and yeah. so you go you don't kind of want to feel like anything is groundbreaking you just want to feel like it's exactly as it should have as been it should have been, the whole time yeah. you know and so it doesn't necessarily feel like revolutionary it feels like a great starting point <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. so, yeah um so I don't know I mean I think that I, the communities throughout Deadlock that are brought to the front are just all given such integrity, such humour, such adventure. So nothing is, they're not there for the purpose of the community they come from. They're there because they are the community. They are the community. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so important. And I think this is why also I like love this show is because it's, it's not about the fact that Dulcie is queer. It's the fact that Dulcie is a cop. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 
And that in itself is kind of like revolutionary. I think, you know, the fact that for a long time queer stories weren't told by queer people and therefore they weren't, it wasn't the right kind of gaze. It wasn't the right kind of issues. It wasn't that there wasn't the authenticity to the storytelling um, or to the community, I think. And like when you, when you change that and th there's just this added layer of, of realness and authenticity to the storytelling and to the performances that, you know, just kind of captures it correctly, I guess, as yeah, well. It just moves the story forward. Like, yeah. it doesn't mm -hmm. get, up, get hung up on the fact of, yeah. of who it gets, you know, it, it drives forward that. into what are we yeah. doing? It's incidental, yeah. which in itself, you know, that queerness being incidental to a story about a, a community and crime and, yeah. or, or at least not incidental, but like not being made the, the point of the story feels revolutionary, I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and it does. And that's, and which is scary in itself <laughs> that it feels revolutionary, but also so important and needs to be done because we're in 2023. So, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. but speaking of, so the wider community, we've touched on this a few times, but the ensemble cast is. Good. So good. so good. Every single person has a layer to them that you're just like, how do they just not one, not one surrounding character doesn't have quirks, nuance. It is just astonishing. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the Kates, man. They're so, they're such clever writers. Like, yeah. you know, they really think a lot about character and they really put a lot of that detail into these, you know, into these characters that they're creating. They really think hard about them and where they've come from and and mm. what's funny and what's subversive and how do you kind of um upend an expectation about a character as well yeah. and then again on top of that just an incredible ensemble of actors um playing these parts and giving yeah. their giving themselves to you know we just did a screening in new zealand um a small screening uh and that was the prevailing kind of uh comment after the show was how good everyone was everyone like, they were just like like they were laughing at everyone and everyone brought a little something to their scene or you know even if it's just one character who appears once like yeah. people were just blown away by how good the ensemble was and like that was so heartening to hear you know because we'd be on set and like you know oftentimes we're moving through these communities mm. and you just be like how do we get this awesome person to yeah. play yeah. you know even uh there's a character who turns up later and um i'm thinking lisa's character i can't remember now, probably not unless say but anyway just even the smallest parts the, the the actors that would turn up mm. would just bring it and so yeah. it just adds this like great depth to the show yeah yeah no follow like you feel like you want to know more about every single one of them and yeah. they all bring a history with them and that's in the writing that's in mm. the fact that all of them do have a history because mm. the kates wrote it whether it actually made it to the page in the story it was written and so you give that to a you know an actor who loves you know what they do and loves investigating kind of their job they're going to just bring they're going to kind of digest all of that and then just bring it even if it's for you know 20 seconds of screen time you feel this kind of full full human yeah it almost feels like you're going into deadlock itself you know this is a fictional town but you're going into a place that feels completely real because everybody is so well-rounded could have just, I think that was a thing you go, you can stay you can on these people yeah. forever. Like, yeah. They all yeah. spin off series. Yeah. Yeah. Truly. So with the ensemble cast, like it must have felt like, like I said before, that you were in this community itself. 
I mean, as how did you all bounce off each other? Was it there's was there a lot of ad lib? Was there a lot of um, improv? Sorry, was there? How did it kind of work? Were you straight from a script? Did you just bounce off each other? We we kind of literally. So this was sort of back in Omicron days, mm. in the heart of Omicron. So we kind of all got to um, Tasmania and were kind of basically in a bubble together. Um, you know, advised kind of not to go out and socialize too much. Um, so we did create like a little family kind of unit. And then, um, you know, on set, I mean, the, the Kate's scripts are so tight. Um, but we were given, I mean, especially me, um, luckily. <laughs> I had a bit of improv stuff, but often the rule was is that no matter what happens, Kate, you have to stick to what's on the page just because that's that kind of restraint for Dossie going, I want to like, uh, you know, there's all these things that you could yeah. say, just use it and then let this cyclone kind of like yeah. cabin around and you. And there were certain, you know, like um, scenes where we, <clears throat> you know, that we were allowed to kind of put our input into, mm. you know, if we felt like once we got to kind of know the characters a bit and we kind of wanted to, um, you know, we, we were sort of, there was lots of, you know, discussions around, you know, uh, um, certain scenes and, and, and whether or not we could sort of change bits and pieces here and there. But to be honest, like the Kate scripts were so tight. It didn't, it didn't require a lot. I got to, I got to have a few, if there was time, you know, like takes and options on, cause, cause so much of Eddie's kind of stuff is just like kind of gags and punchlines mm -hmm. and kind of, you know, the more crass, the more crazy we could push it. So often I would get an option to like, to like, you know, change, change a line or do something even more outlandish, um, which was really fun. But yeah, yeah we would always do at least, you know, one run through where everything was just directly from the page. Cause yeah. it was kind of, yeah. Kate was amazing. Like, you know, I'd often just feel for Kate cause Kate would have a lot of the classic straight cop procedural stuff, which is like really hard to say and also <laughs> like to remember because there's so many like technical terms and then you get and i and i just be like oh fuck my days <laughs> or oh, fuck me up the ass or whatever like it'll just be like kind of be like this massive paragraph about like the the, the suspect and i'll be like what shit on a stick and call me arthur you know it was just like that was all i had to learn <laughs> and i'd always feel for you i'd be like oh, you? yeah you'd be at home like probably go you know yeah. going your and i got to write on the whiteboard like, at the same time <laughs> oh the whiteboard oh my gosh when eddie comes in with the whiteboard the entrepreneur oh i couldn't that was so funny <laughs> so yeah. So, so good. Just even like those things. Like, it's just, yeah. it's just, yeah, they just don't miss a beat. Yeah. Okay. It is just so, you really feel like you're involved in, in this absolute, you know, amazing yeah. community. And even, I guess, you know, there's working with animals. Um, even the animal has a backstory. So that is, you know, without giving anything away, even the animal has a backstory. So it's yeah. just. Yeah. Quite insane. And you did touch on this. You were filming in Tasmania. Did not know it was through. Did not know it was through Omicron. Yeah. Mm. Doesn't that feel like a million years ago? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And yet, and yet here a we are. Massive part of our lives. Yeah. So, and and what was Tasmania like? I mean, how where were you, and how far in were you? We were based in Hobart. Um, the main town of Deadlock was set. Um, all the exteriors were in a town called Signet, which is about an hour. Mm -hmm. But yeah, and then we shot round. Shot round the island, really. Yeah, yeah, all kind of within an hour, an hour and a half of of Hobart, really. Yeah. So you don't have to travel 
far to I mean, the whole place is just so spectacular and you can go from being in like the spookiest, most terrifying forest to being on the most kind of breathtaking coastal road. Like it's, it's, um, yeah. I mean, Kate, Kate and I were very like, we, there's, there's, but we barely had a day off really. We had like, we went to a, a flotation field. tank. Oh, once. yes. Yeah. One afternoon off, we went to a yeah, flotation yeah. tank. Um, yeah. Yeah. But it, yeah, wow! The sites of Tasmania. Yeah, we went into yeah. a dark shell, yeah. and whizzed around. Yeah, listening to some whale music. Yeah, yeah, not together. No, not the tanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no. We, I mean, we did by virtue of the fact that we kind of were getting around the island uh, on location. We did get to see a little bit of it. It's a pretty amazing backdrop for a Isn't story it? because it is. It does kind of have that eeriness to it, as well as the like breathtaking beauty um that it sort of has both of those things in equal amounts to me like mm, you know some mm-hmm. days you're just like on this glorious beach and other days you're in this kind of spooky bushy area yeah. um so yeah that's cool yeah signet is that a very small little town yeah 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 so what were the what was everyone in signet like they must have loved having you there it was a bit of everything. Yeah. It was a bit of we love having you here and it was also a bit of what it felt like in deadlock a little bit, you know. So some locals were like loving it and others, and others were, like, were like, yeah. 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 You know, so it's a bit of both. The traffic. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. <laughs> so small small community life, which is which is exactly what it's like in yeah. deadlock. My yeah. cousin actually lives in, I call it Herbasha, Herbatia in Hobart. Mm-hmm. Um, lives in, it's, go- it's just gorgeous down there. I'm just trying to think of that stunning is it glass something glass? glass wine, wine glass bay. Wine glass bay. Oh, oh my god! Drive up to wine, wine glass bay. Jump in the water. Yeah, that was the one. Yourself the one couple of days off that I had. <laughs> yeah. Um, you were get that day, didn't you? Yeah. Wind, yeah. Wind. It was. It was definitely not like the pictures the day I went up. It was very grey and stormy yeah. and yeah, scary but gorgeous at the same yeah. time. Good to get it. Sorry, hypothermia or was that a joke? That was a joke, right? Was I mean, there are, it was there, cold though. There were plenty of hours. By the, by the, I mean, the beginning of the shoot was was like summer, but then by the end, I was in like triple thermals under my costume with heat packs positioned mm. under the thermals. Yeah, and still freezing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There were definitely like chats about hypothermia, but we got through. We certainly did. Yeah, look at you living to tell the tale. I love it. Five mm. months on a shoot is a very long time, isn't it? Like, yeah. how is how does that go with life, like real life? Yeah, we, it was almost six, wasn't it? Five and a half months. Yeah, it's the biggest job I've done. Biggest job I've done. Biggest time, like longest time I've stayed. Yeah, in my character as well. Yeah, yeah, me um, too. Yeah, it was a real test of endurance. I think by the end, you're sort of running on empty. Um, but obviously, story wise, it's kind of like the most exciting bit of the story. So yeah, you find this yeah. kind of second win but like yeah it definitely took it out of me i definitely felt that when i got back to new zealand yeah. i was just like the crew to- just worked their asses off yeah. like it was extraordinary and i think the thing i noticed on this i i think we were working yeah they were long day and because it's a crime as well there's a lot set at night so the hours long and we were working into the night a lot but i think because everybody just was so mad for the story mm. and just and you know from top down when you get people like kate's up there working it you just and they were out there you know in in the freezing cold kind of on their computers writing and checking the monitors you know they were so involved they were so every, involved every everywhere yeah. you had their support 
like constantly. And so I think that goes through the whole cast and the crew. And when you believe in the words so much and the story so much, um, it, whilst we got exhausted, the drive to kind of like keep showing up and, mm. and giving it at it everything just, you've got it just kind of from feeling, the crew and the cast. Yeah, yeah. just kind of feeling like you're part of something really f- interesting you know like yeah. really like you it just felt like we were doing something different and that's exciting like that keeps you going as well if, and and i think yeah definitely that filtered through the crew as yeah, well and, yeah yeah got us yeah. through those cold tazzy winter nights yeah 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 you can really tell though that there was so much investment and involvement from everybody from in you know being in media I know working from the crew to even the front of camera you can tell just by the the end result it's just it's just yeah I mean, I'm, I'm, you guys are probably sitting here going, she's just gushing. She's just gushing. She's just sitting here. Hey, just saying, that is amazing. Hey, we love the gush. Right? <laughs> we were lo- well, I'm not yeah. nothing this gushing. <laughs> into the world. This, so, is our, this is our first day that we've done publicity together. Yeah. And we haven't really seen each other. We did some earlier this year um, briefly, but we really haven't had the chance, opportunity to celebrate it. And it's like, you know, I mean, you love, you love, you know, you've, Love most of the things you do. Well, I'm lucky enough. I feel lucky enough yeah, to love yeah. most of the things I do. But like this project feels especially like I've got a lot of love for it. So yeah. I could talk and I could yeah, be gushed yeah. at yeah. forever and yeah. I won't get sick of it. I'm no. really proud of it. I yeah. feel very proud of this show. Yeah. That makes me so happy. I'm proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so jealous of this friendship. They're so cute. We <laughs> made it. hugged and they always hugged <laughs> 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 Just it's looking like at each other every time oh, they talk. Yeah. It's gorgeous. <laughs> I am curious. So both of you have had extraordinary careers thus far, thus far. Um, I do just want to really quickly say, though, Mads, um, Sione wed- Sione's Wedding is like one of my favourite movies. Oh, well. I know. I know. I know. It's so random that I that I love that. But I do. I love it. It's, it's great. But also Wentworth Prison, hello, Kate, amazing, like, the, the the shows and the movies that you guys have been in have been astonishing. Is there a pressure for you both to choose projects that that you want to resonate with audiences? Is there a pressure to go, okay, we, this needs to be successful, or how does that happen for you? Not me at all. I'll take anything. <laughs> um, you know, listen, yeah. uh, I am not fussy. Yeah. I remember reading a quote from you. Just came from a tampon commercial. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, just just in between, just in between. Yeah, yeah. Just a and not a regular tampon, one of those thirder one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, applicator tampon. Yeah. Applicator tampon. Yeah. Um, no, I, I mean, I feel like I, you know, I started out in theatre. You know, broke as like, and um, I think the life of an actor. I mean, you know, and I've kind of gone into writing and directing now, which satisfies a different different part of myself. But like, I feel like over the years because i've been in this industry for such a long time i really am not precious about things i mean you know i probably should be i feel like what i've learned from experience is like even you know like i've had to do bread and butter voice jobs and you know like take an ad here or there to kind of get make ends meet and i'm like i i always find like something i learn yeah. One of those jobs. Like yeah. I did I did voice jobs for years where I was voicing like a kid's like um I was I was Buzzy B, you're right in the sky, like this kid's like animation, yeah. you know, which isn't necessarily like super uh intellectually stimulating, but I learned how to 
do voiceovers. Like I learned how to be with a mic and I learned how to like, I learned a skill doing that. And I I remember just being like, because at the time I was kind of like, oh, is this the right thing to do? Blah, blah, blah. And I, so I sort of take that philosophy into whatever I choose to do. Mm. But um, that's just me. What do you do? Absolutely. It's not about you. So yeah. That's it, yeah. That voiceover was amazing, by the way. Yeah. Hey, you want this is Buzzy B, your iron sky. Still got it. Still got it. Buzzy B, is there going to be, yeah, is there going to be a reprisal of Buzzy B? Uh, I'm going to do cross-promotional um, stuff. Sorry, but, uh, Buzzy B, uh, Series 3, um, coming to you, coming to a, a children's network near you. In New Zealand. (laughs) Won't hold that against you. (laughs) Kate, what about you? Is there like a pressure to kind of, because you, I mean, Rake as well. I mean, this is a huge career that you've had. Pedigreed, isn't she? (laughs) She's a bit pedigreed. I mean, you take jobs for all different reasons. Some of them you take jobs because you need to work and so you take those jobs. I think having small children, it's often like going, I, you know, what is going to, help me financially and justify being away from my kids and be something that's satisfying. Yeah. Glenn, you can't always kind of answer all of those things with with one job. So sometimes you take one for various different reasons. It's always a way up. I mean, I think I feel having... Tampon commercial two coming. Sharon <laughs> Kate Box yeah, I think that'd be good. Um, but I, you know, look, I feel, um, I, I definitely doing something, uh, you always want to do something that feels like a line. I, I want to do stuff that feels like it aligns with what I believe. Well, yeah, with aligns with what I believe in and how I feel about the world. I don't want to take on any projects where I have doubt that there is damage in it, um, mm. where I have doubt that there is a message in it that um, I find is going to, you know, put out ill in the world as opposed to good, you know. So mm. it's not necessarily about, you know, like I'd happily be a day player on a show that I thought was really fucking rad. Um I think it's more about the, yeah, the the subject matter and and the story and the people telling the story and aligning myself with people that um, I think have a worldview that excites me or mostly just that doesn't kind of disappoint. Like sad yeah, I think I, I, I mean no, I agree. No, I say no. I do everything, but like I, yeah. I think the older you get as well, the less you, the less time you have for the bullshit that comes with it. I mean, I I got out. I lived in LA for five years, and I kind of got out of acting because I hated the system and I hated kind of I didn't I didn't like the stories that were you know coming out. Like I didn't believe in any of it. Yeah, and that's why I started writing because I was like, okay, well, I want to tell the stories, and yeah. then I can feel. You know, so I started writing my own stuff in that way. Yeah, but I, yeah. I, yeah, I agree. I, I mean, I think you wait, you way up the, you way up the yeah, options. Yeah. Still got to make the, still, still, still got to pay rent on the place. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it must be so exciting to then like book something like Deadlock and just love every second. I mean, Kate, being away from your kids, I mean, were they with you on set well, or? Ha- yeah, all the kids came with me. So oh, fabulous. Yeah, yes, I couldn't do it. Like, I mean, it was just one of those jobs where you go. This one, I mean, it's hard, it's hard working out how to, what jobs to take. I mean, you know, Mads has the same. You go, how does this, I'm going to be away from my family if I do this. Is it take them with me? Is it more disruptive for them to come or to stay? I think, I think COVID just threw a whole different spanner in the works because we weren't 
fly out. So I think if it, if it was a fly in, fly out job, that might have been different. But having to be somewhere and not be able to leave for six months, I just couldn't have done it if I didn't have the babies yeah. with me. I just couldn't have managed that. I wouldn't have done it. Mm. So thankfully, they all put on their new little school uniforms for a school in Hobart. <laughs> but were they yeah. even at school? Because it was Omicron. Were we at with the kids at? Yeah, school? yeah, yeah. In Tassie, yeah, yeah. yeah it was just sort Tassie. of bad, wasn't oh. it? Yep. So, yeah. but how rewarding for them as well? Like that's a that's an amazing life to be living and be yeah. a part of. You always, I mean, a part of you goes, yeah, I'm going to tell myself that constantly. Look at the world I'm showing them. How wonderful, as opposed to the narrative of like, oh, God, I'm screwing them up, kind of jumping around everywhere. I'm going to lean to the positive. But, I mean, the friends they made, it's such an adventurous place, the stuff they got to see. I mean, they saw snow for the first first time and, you know, they made beautiful, beautiful friends. And, I don't know, they do reflect on it all the time as this awesome adventure, and you know, so. So I think we just got to have to lean heavily into, and I think because because of COVID, the way that we can educate our kids as well changed a bit, and the access to be able to do stuff like that on the road and have, and for that not to be such a odd thing, you know, yeah, and to for there to just be a lot more pathways to do that, um, yeah. Is a is a good thing? Can you ever end a sentence where you start talking about COVID with is a good thing? So in terms of your careers, so Mads, you said you started in the theatre, but what gave you that I want to do acting, I want to be an actor? Um, well, I come from a, I on my mum's side of the family, I have one of 23 cousins um, and we are all very close and there was a lot of showing off. There was a lot of like talent shows and performing for each <laughs> other growing up. Um, I think that's where it kind of come. That's where the bug, that's where the bug got me. Like I bumped into a family friend a few years ago and she was like, Oh, I remember you met when you were a baby used to run into the walls for our entertainment. So obviously from a very <laughs> young age, you were concussed. I was <laughs> doing I your own it. stunts. I was doing my own stunts. Still doing that. I was doing my own stunts for laughs. So I was, <laughs> I was born for this role. Um, and I think that's where I often say like, I'm not even the, funniest most talented person in my family I just I'm the one that made it a job mm. um you know a lot of singers a lot of performers um wow. and so that's where it kind of came like entertaining my cousins and then obviously through school and and doing doing theater at school and then improv as well as as very much into the theater sports scene as a oh theater sports remember theater sports mm-hmm. <laughs> um and then, and then it just kind of um kind of you know went on from there and I've always kind of loved doing voices and impressions and and characters so it's sort of all grew from there really for me yeah weird question does that make you an introvert though in other situations or have you are you just extrovert 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 i think i've got a like i think my moon is an introvert but i am <laughs> definitely extrovert, extrovert. yeah i'm definitely your moon rising yeah my moon isn't yeah my rising my introvert rising i mean i think everyone like you know when you when you're like doing a lot of this stuff you know you put a lot out and then i go oh yeah i do need to just lie flat on my bed for yeah but not a long time before i need to get out there and just run enough. it run it like smash into a wall again for some to make someone laugh. yeah yeah but i do yeah yeah i definitely wouldn't wouldn't put that word introvert near me but there's a moon something <laughs> a lot like, of actors are like that though like you know they're on 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 and then they're not when they're you know off yeah 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 it's funny 
But my daughter loves playing with her Barbies and loves, like, you know, doing characters and stuff. And sometimes I'm just like, oh. Do I have to? Yeah. Do I have to? Yeah. Like, I think it's yeah. not my job. Yeah. I'm like, can, like that. Uh, can yeah. we just play video games or go for a bike ride? Yeah. Like, well, you could just stand on my I'm gonna, I'm gonna overthink. I'm going to overthink Mermaid Barbie's backstory. I'm really going to overthink it. Oh, you've got to see Barbie then. You're going to love it. She's going to love it. I don't know about you, but. Oh, I'm, I'm all about Barbie. It's going to be fabulous. And Kate, what about you in terms of your, like, where did that bug come from for you? Um, look, I think it came from mates really when I was, uh, when we moved back, when we moved back from Darwin to Adelaide when I was younger, I think I was thrown back into school and I was like, I just was like, I can't quite work out who I am. And then I joined the local youth theatre, you know, and I think I just met people that I loved. I was kindred probably spirits. kindred spirits. I was yeah. probably little, you know, closeted queer kid as well. Yeah. It's suddenly going, Oh, I can sense some of my people's here. And yeah. wow. Um, and so I, I kind of worked, uh, I went through only theatre with like some extraordinary people like Sophie Hyde and Brian Mason, Sophie, who's closer productions. Like they're kind of, they've all gone on to do pretty extraordinary things mm. from this little youth theatre that we met at when we were 12 and 13. It's often the way, eh? Like, yeah. you know, you meet a kind of vibrant group who all inspire each yeah, other yeah, and yeah. you go off and. But I think know. I was just on the periphery of that group for quite some time. And then I, when I, I did a, like a degree bachelor of arts and kind of started studying psych because both break. my parents were social. Yeah, I did a bachelor of arts. Yeah, BA, eight box BA. She never referred to me. I've got two bachelor of arts. One bachelor of arts, one BA, BDA. Bachelor of arts, bachelor of dramatic arts. No, I was studying psych because both my parents were social workers and so I wanted to get into that area and then. You're like, oh, no, I just want to be there. I just want to run into walls, yeah. But I think I felt too young to study that. And so then I went and studied acting and I was like, oh, you can kind of merge these things. Mm-hmm. Like suddenly also deeply in love with a character and you want to sit so heavily kind of in their world and kind of, and I think I've always been drawn to those characters that come from the, you know, gravel a little bit more and, and you go that, yeah, that kind of thinking just. I don't know, that bridge to the gap for me. And I was like, oh, I love this. I love spending time with all these people that I care about. And you get to like that, I don't know, just that joy and of being able to give voice to somebody that, you know, sits alongside you but isn't you and just, I don't know, it was cool. One of the key takeaways I got from you just then was the fact that you found your people. Like I think a lot of people um, who find theatre or drama are the drama kids often are the ones, and I'm myself included, often the ones who feel a little bit on the outer at school or, you know, you just never quite fit in and then you find your people through expressing yourself. Mm, yeah. Totally. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That was a great story. Both of them, great stories. I could just sit here and just, like, listen to you <laughs> all day. Um, but I do have a family party. Yeah. Come yeah. to a- Oh, oh, God, I didn't react properly. I reacted with my mouth wide open when you said it. 23 cousins, is that all on one side? It's on one side, yeah, and then I've got a bunch on the other as well. But, like, I was really close with my mum's family. My mum's one of seven, like, Irish Catholic. You know, six, there's one brother, and they all yeah. just had a bunch of kids. So, yeah, lots yeah. of kids. Do you know that Ian is an Irish dancer? I'm an Irish dancer. Yeah. No. 
quite phenomenal, like quite extraordinary. Like I've well, seen, I wouldn't say extraordinary. My no, dance teachers would not say that. Okay, but they're not here, and yeah. I'm here. I'm extraordinary. That it's extraordinary. I'm extraordinary. Yeah, that I'm is extraordinary. But they go high, you know. <laughs> it's wild, and they move fast. They move fast. And, so my first experience of Irish dancing, obviously Lord Michael Flatley, Lord of the, yeah, I was yeah. going to say Lord of the Flies, but I did mean Lord of the Dance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Phenomenal. Yeah. You can do that. You stand up real straight and do the little leg flick. Yeah, I did it for a few years before I realised I was gay and wanted to play soccer. <laughs> um, but It's ridiculous. But weirdly also the Irish dancing helps with your footwork. Yeah. I'm glad to would have. Yeah. That really. is hilarious. And then you played soccer. I love it. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. you just twinkle-toed on the field. Oh, yeah. I did a use all those skills up. Yeah. Very that strong. is so fabulous. I do have one final question for you both. I want to know, starting out in this industry, is there something that you both could tell your younger selves knowing what you know now? I tried very hard to be a version of myself that I thought other people would like or would approve of more. And it took me a very long time. I mean, I think that was probably also from, you know, being a bit of a closeted actor early on as well. But I think it was it was mostly actually about trying to second guess what people wanted me mm-hmm. to be. And it took me a long time to shake that thing and actually go, my response to um, characters that are brought in front of me and my merging of what is brought and who I am to that is the only thing that is going to bring me any satisfaction as a performer but also the audience any kind of um, um, uh, joy as viewers or kind of, yeah. Um, So I suppose it's that in a different way of saying just be yourself. It is that thing of going, uh, uh, stop second guessing what people want from you and just bring what you've, what you've got. As long as you stay curious and you, you know, you know, you stay interested and uh, in characters and, and in the world and in people around you. So you don't close yourself off and go, it's just me. As long as you're kind of constantly soaking up the world around you, it's your, it's the way that you're going to bring it back. That is going to, yeah, give you a place in this industry, not what other, well, not what you think other people want you to be. Yeah, hard agree, bro. Hard, hard agree. agree. Yeah, I remember getting this. Yeah, yeah, I remember getting this. Uh, a, a youth theatre director giving me this um, piece of writing, which was like a letter between these two dancers in the 1930s, mm. and they're kind of encouraging each other. You know. Um, to keep going in this mm. industry, which is like, you know, it's hard. It's hard to be an actor. There's so much disappointment. You have like, you know, so so many, you you fail and you don't get jobs more than you do get jobs. And yeah. it's hard to kind of keep taking that year in, year out, you know. Um, and I remember this, that reminded me of this letter between these two. Um, and there's a particular quote from it, which was like, there is like only one of you in the world and that voice is unique. And, and I'm p- paraphrasing this, but like it's not your job to decide how good what you put out is. It's just your job to keep the channel open and keep alive to the possibilities of what can yeah. come through you as an artist. And that quote and getting, you know, reading that when I was like 15 or whatever has kind of sustained me a lot in this industry where, you know, there's so much about like 
pleasing other people and you know um and you know you go through sort of like identity crises as you as you you know go through the the decades of your life and i i've tried to kind of hold true to that which is like it's not a it's not it's not about how su- successful you are it's not about it's just about being a creative and being open to whatever that means and and letting, you know, enjoying that part of the process as opposed to like success or those other things that can really like, you know, make you feel um, desperate and lost and sad and, you know, all those kind of things. And um, yeah, I feel like, yeah, I feel like if I was to say anything to my younger self, it's just like, just enjoy that process just enjoy all those jobs enjoy all the shit jobs you have to do and the good ones and like mm. everything that kind of comes in between like take your lessons where you can and you know just stay present I guess and 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 keep looking for opportunities and you know like I think for a lot of people you know like I I really learned a lot as an actor from being a reader in auditions yeah yeah me too, and yeah. Uh, i just kind of realized what it kind of was a, like this whole it flipped my whole idea of what acting was about and it's you know about giving it's yeah about giving someone and people are all there to like yeah. make you the best you can possibly be and it yeah. sort of changed yeah. but yeah i think um yeah it's about sort of staying present and open and um, enjoying the process as much as the end result of anything you know yeah and this is precisely why i asked that question this has been so wonderful as you can tell, I'm a huge, huge, huge fan. Thank you so much for coming on. It's been an absolute joy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thanks for calling the Entertainment Hotline with Anita Annabelle. You can find us on Instagram at the Entertainment underscore Hotline Pod or visit us at chatter.com.au. The Entertainment Hotline with Anita Annabelle is a proud Chatter podcast. 